Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for men in their 40s who want to improve their health through nutrition and fitness. This is episode 104. On today's episode, we are talking with Andrew from Life of Try. Life of Try was born out of Andrew's love of triathlon. Life of Try aims to give honest reviews and strives to be a source of reliable information for the average Joe triathlete, whether you are new to try or a seasoned pro. But before we dive into the episode today, guys, I just want to take a moment to mention today's sponsors, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens was created by its founder, Chris, after he had years of gut health issues that left him facing a health crisis. Chris developed Athletic Greens with a mission of creating the highest efficacy, bioavailable and nutritionally complete supplement to help your body function as it's supposed to, no matter your age or activity level. Now, as most of you know, I am a big advocate of getting all of our vitamins and minerals from food. But due to the busy lives that we lead, we don't always have the food type and quality that we would ideally like to have. So I personally take Athletic Greens as a bit of an insurance policy to make sure that I'm getting all my vitamins and minerals. So Athletic Greens have an offer for today's listeners. If you go over to athleticgreens.com forward slash fitterhealthierdad, you will get 10% off your first order of Athletic Greens. So let's dive into today's episode. Darren, lovely to have a chat with you today. It's, um, you know, we just said off camera, I'll, I'll talk about triathlon all day and, and I love it, but I also love hearing what um, people's journeys into the sport have been, you know, how they got into triathlon, whether they, what background they have as well, because mm-hmm. so many people come into the sport and they don't necessarily have a background in swim, bike and run. I came I... into the sport from a, a team sport. And I know that we'll talk about that in a moment, but, you know, what is your journey to date with triathlon yeah it's quite an interesting one actually Andy and um, so it started back in 2013 and at the time I was working in the city of London uh, in a hedge fund and we were doing a large project and one of the vendors we were working with said oh we're doing a company triathlon at uh, one of the biggest ones which is Blenheim Palace um, and said you know, the company is sponsoring it. Would you fancy entering it? And straight away, I said yes, because for whatever reason, I'd always wanted to do a triathlon. I have no idea why, but I always wanted to do one. So the minute I got the opportunity, I was like, yeah, bang, I'll do it. But then, so so my theory behind it was that, well, I go to the gym three times a week and I eat pretty good, so I'll be fine. And then I started training and it was a whole different ball game. And it was at that point I realized just how unhealthy I was and how unfit I was because I jumped in a pool and I couldn't swim one length of a 20 meter pool. Now I could swim, I could do front call, but not consistently. Right. So that was a big shock. I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. 
And then there was the, the running. You know, I jumped on the treadmill. I couldn't even do seven minutes on the treadmill. And, and I had to stop. And I had such a burning sensation in my chest. Now, I'm asthmatic. So immediately the excuse came out, oh, well, it's because of, because of my asthma, right? Well, it wasn't that. And then the cycling side of it, I'd cycled quite a lot in my kind of late teens. So the cycling side of it was, was, al- was always okay. Um, so then the, the, the kind of what happened at that point then, I, what I couldn't understand was, is why have I been going to a gym for 15 years and yet when I try to train for something specifically, I'm just way overweight and way unfit. And that's kind of what sent me off on this whole um, discovery, I guess, of understanding, first of all, nutrition, and then a lot more about fitness. And then so I did all of that. And um, I got to the first triathlon in Blenheim Palace. I completed it. My Just my main objective for this first triathlon was to get across that finish line. That was it. That was all I wanted to do. Um, and um, yeah, I did it. I got across the finish line in one hour 36, not groundbreaking by any stretch of the imagination. But what happened, Andy, and this sounds a bit like movie-like or a bit cliche. It's like when I crossed that finish line, I had a feeling that I've never experienced in my life before, whether it's all of the serotonin, dopamine, whether it's a sense of achievement. I don't know what it is. I don't really care in all honesty, but it was just that moment that I was like, wow, I want to do this again. Like I've gone through all that pain and all the heart, you know, the, the struggle to get across that finish line. But I was like, wow, I want to do this again. And literally since that day, I have not stopped. I've never not only last year because of the pandemic, I've not done a, a, an event. But I was literally hooked. And, you know, we were talking about just now off of air and it's finding that thing which lights you up. And it's, you know, we've, we've, we'll go into this, I guess, in some detail, but it's not for everyone, as you said. Yeah. But it works for me. And my God, it's completely transformed my life. Like, I don't say that lightly either. Um, and some, of the, some people use triathlon as kind of a, a, a kind of middle-class midlife crisis, right? Because it's so, so popular in our age groups, right? In the, the 40 plus age group is just crazy popular, but hugely competitive as well. Um, so yeah, but then that then kind of, I lost a huge amount of weight. So I lost 61 pounds, nearly 28 kilos in weight um, from doing it. And I just you know, again, another cliche, but I just got so switched on from an energy perspective, from a mental perspective, from a happiness perspective. It just absolutely transformed my life. Um, and I didn't realize just how um, kind of foggy, I guess, I was going through life and how kind of maybe not as happy as what I could be going through life because I was in that state. And, and it's a classic thing of you don't know what it feels like to feel good until you feel good. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's then what kind of got me into starting fit to healthier dad, because I want to help so many other people um, who are perhaps not conscious about what fitness and nutrition can do for them. Um, and, you know, there are so many men in their forties, you see them, they're trying to run, they're trying to cycle, they're trying to go to the gym and they're not getting any results. Now I'm making a big assumption that they're doing it for, for health reasons. 
but there's so much misinformation and obviously you know your podcast is is perfect to to kind of dispel all those myths out there because this industry this fitness and nutrition industry that triathlon exists in um it's just steeped in misinformation. It's steeped in kind of just giving us one bit of information, but not all of it. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's what fit healthier dad's about. It's about a complete, um, the whole puzzle, if, if you like, of nutrition, health, fitness, mindset. And it's what it's can be way simpler than it's made out to be. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that because at times, I find the industry a little bit like clickbait in the sense of they, they give you a tiny little bit of information to sort of say, if you do this, you will be faster, you will be fitter, you will be yeah. stronger, you will be bigger in muscle, whatever. And everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people out there are looking for those quick wins to get fit and healthy. And unfortunately, to get fit and healthier, it takes the time and effort to put in, and it's a bit of a long game. And um, I, interestingly, you say that you used to go to the gym quite regularly three times a week. Can I just ask, what, what, what did you used to do in the gym? Because I find a lot of people just go through the motions. They go yeah. to the gym, they, they, they lift a couple of weights on the machines, they might go on the rowing machine, they lay on the mat and do some stretching. Hour later, they're walking out. Yeah. And my argument always is that people aren't getting enough out of those sessions. Our time yep. is so precious that if you are going to do an hour in the gym, you have to make it work. You have to make yeah. it interesting for you, but you have to make it beneficial. Otherwise yeah. you just go through the motions and it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, it's exactly that. And that's exactly what I was doing. It's almost like this, this societal norm right if you want to be fit and healthy you go to the gym actually what do you do when you go to the gym and what is the reason you're going to the gym in the first place what is the outcome you want to achieve and when you talk to specifically guys in their 40s about this like oh you know what i just need to go to the gym they they actually don't want to think about it right they don't want to go you know they've got enough kind of stresses and strains in their life the last thing they want to do is then get their gym plan out map it all out and all the rest of it but unless you go there for a specific reason a specific purpose you will get you get nothing out of it and like i proved for 15 years um and and the other side to it as well is again coming back to my puzzle analogy it's one piece of the puzzle if you go to the gym for an hour and I hate this whole hour thing because you do not need to go to the gym for an hour. It's complete BS. If you do that and then you come out and you go to a Starbucks to get to your, your lunch or you go to a Pret-a-Manger to get your lunch or McDonald's, you completely, you actually done yourself probably more harm than good, to be honest, because yeah. not only you're depleted in vitamin and minerals, you're giving yourself crap food as well. Um, and yeah, I agree. Let me tell you a story, right, about going to the gym and it not meaning anything. Yeah. Back in, I think, 2011. Um, I think I got the dates right on this one, um, but it might be 2009. It, it was when the Lions tour, so Rugby Union Lions tour was on. Um, yeah. I can't remember where they were, but I didn't have Sky at the time, so I couldn't watch the game. Right. So I, I, I remember going to the gym, right, and sitting on a bike. This is pre in. Um, uh, triathlon days yeah. uh, sitting on a bike for two hours 
just so right. I could watch the game. And <laughs> I may as well have just sat at home and yeah. used my gym membership to pay for Sky Sports for that particular yeah. month because it meant nothing. I sat yeah. there, I just turned my legs. There was hardly any probably elevated um, heart rate, but for two hours, you know, yeah. And I, I, you know, I've learned a lot since then. And triathlons taught me quite a lot that every session counts. And when you're training for something, especially the longer distance triathlon, which you know you've got to put the effort in, you've got to put the time in. Yeah, it's a juggle between that and personal life. And for Absolutely. me, I'm, I'm at a cross, not a crossroads. I'm at a point in my life. I'm not quite yet forty. I'm forty in two months' time. Okay. I'm, almost, I'm almost there, um, but I have two young children. I have yeah. um, a ten-month-old and I have a, a two-and-a-half-year-old. Okay. So my, my, you know, my life evolves around them, and yeah. I don't, I can't be selfish anymore. Where I go out and I have a five-hour bike ride, and then I have to sit on the sofa for for an hour to to rest, you know, afterwards. So mm. it, it's all about being smart, and it's all about getting the most out of the time that you do have. Um, and you know, and, and that's the approach that I'm coming from. And you're right. Yeah. The, the gym doesn't need to be an hour, and it doesn't need to be in the gym either. If no. you, you can do strength and conditioning work anywhere. You can. Yeah. And and you know, the biggest resistance that you can use is your own body weight against you. So I don't advocate anybody using any equipment because more often than not, and you can you tell me what you think on this. When you see people in the gym using equipment. Nine times out of 10, they've got the wrong form. And if you've got the wrong form, particularly at our age, when you get an injury, that can be quite an impactful injury. And we want to stay away from injury. Um, but just to come back to your point on the, the guilt side of it, because this is something that I see a lot. Um, so guys have a family, as you quite rightly say, you know, they are the most important thing. That's why you have a family, right? There's no point in you having a family if they're not the most important thing. And particularly kids at young ages, the ages that your kids are at, that's, they're great ages. They're amazing ages because they're just, their little characters are developing. So you want to be around for that, right? However, what I don't agree with is I don't agree with this fact that you're selfish if you're exercising. Because consider this side of it. If you don't exercise... I, I class that as being inconsiderate because you're not going to be in the best shape for your kids. Therefore, you're potentially not going to be able to have the energy to run around with them. Yeah. Now, the other side to it is when you're talking about triathlon, yes, the three dis disciplines, I think they do take time and you have to be smart with your time. But I've always been of the opinion that, you know, you've got 24 hours in a day. So a lot, when, when my kids were younger, they're a lot older now. They're 10 and 13. But when I first started, they were like five and eight. So like you, I don't want to be away from them for hours. So I would get up at five in the morning, do my sessions before they even woke up so that we could spend the rest of the day as a family together. So I think there's two sides to it, really. But I, I do agree with you, Andrew. I think, you know, come 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, you say to the wife, great i'm going out for a three-hour cycle now that's just not going to go down very well no and, and i don't do that anymore and because when i so i lasted an iron man in 2016 so right. I, I working this out obviously um earlier before we came on the call that's five years ago it's, it's a big shock you know that that it's been that long i was supposed mm. to do one in 2019 but postponed it 
um, for a year, and then it, it went, injury happened and whatever. It didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but I'm very fortunate that my other half is a runner. Ah, okay. And she's part of a running club. So, you know, we, we can sort of say, you know, you have your time, I have my time, then we have the family time. But back yeah. in the day, it was just her and my time, and you, you could play around with that. Mm. With the kids, it's, it's a little bit different. But that doesn't mean it can't happen. And, you know, I, I've made a conscious effort now that I probably won't do Ironman for a, a couple of years. J- just, yeah. the, you know, kids are a little bit older. They're a little bit easier to manage when there's just one of you and you know you you're not carrying one around while the other one's yeah. running around your feet um but you know the good thing about triathlon is it gives you options you don't need to do an Ironman and again no. this is what we say on the on the um on the podcast and, and through life for try people sometimes automatically think you have to do something ridiculous like an Ironman yeah. and you don't and mm-hmm. I'll hold my hands up I was one of these individuals who signed up for an Ironman without doing a triathlon before Right. And um, my wife said to me, don't you think you better do something shorter in distance first? Yeah. So I, I did a half Ironman as my first Okay. Yeah. Um, I, which again, I don't advocate. Tip your, you know, tip your toe in the water and do a shorter yeah. distance. See if you like it. And again, this is where I suppose life of try evolved from. That the mistakes that I was making, I, I just want to make people aware of them. I, I don't want to say yeah. to them, don't do this. Um, because I did it and it was wrong. I just want to p- make people aware of it. And if you're going to do something like an Ironman, which you spend X amount of money on, 400, 500 pound easily, yeah. that's without all the equipment, to then go and do it as your first race and then not understand something like transition. Yeah. You know, and because you know, we often sw- talk about swim, bike and run, but there's so many other disciplines there to is. understand. There's triath, uh, there's transition, there's nutrition, there's hydration, yeah. um, and just understanding things like how a bike works. So you know, if your chain comes off, you can you can slip it back on. That those sort yeah. of things. But um, so often, what I say to people is, try and do a couple of shorter distances first yeah. before you build up. And okay, that might not be for everyone. And I think you've got to understand why people do a triathlon as well. And I think it, it comes from two camps, right? Of maybe three, you 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 see other people in the sport and you want the social aspect and and you, you know that that's the vehicle for the social yeah. aspect. There's the people that um, want to be healthy and they, that's mm-hmm. their chosen sport or activity at the time. And there's a third one group I think, and those who just want a challenge. And yeah, they, they're always looking for the next thing. And you know whether that's climbing the three peaks, highest peaks within the UK, yeah. whether that's doing an Ironman whether that's doing a marathon, ultra marathon, whatever, mm. you know, it, it, the basis behind it, I think is still the same. And the mindset is still the same. Yeah. Um, and that, so that's what often what I, and that's why we exist, I suppose, is, is just to try yeah. and say to people, these are the scenarios. These are what other people have, um, have said to us. This is my experience. Now you've got some information, make a choice for you. Yeah. I, I think, so yeah, there's a few things that you raised there, um, particularly around the distances. So I'll give you my side of it actually, because I, like I said, I got the invitation to do the the sprint in Blenheim, and that was it. That was only ever going to be. I just wanted to do a triathlon. That was it. So I had no grand designs of doing a half Ironman, an Ironman. You know, people in the office would talk to me about half Ironman, and I was like, I'm not doing that you know forget that um and 
what happens is I think that around mindset, we put these kind of ceilings and these limitations on ourselves. And what you kind of realize from doing this sport, and I guess other endurance sports really, is that the human body is just incredible. The limiting factor in actual fact is our mindset. Um, and that prevents us from finishing, from even attempting stuff in the first place. So I think the other discipline is, is a huge mindset side of it. You know, we can do whatever we tell ourselves that we can or can't do, right? Um, and so I think there's that element of, of it, really. But, I th- yeah, I agree. I think people need to experience – because the whole event of doing these three sports in one is a, is a discipline in itself – like you say, you know, open water swimming is a different ball game. So this is this is something that I, I think is worth talking about as well. Is that I've been to many open water lakes where you get confident, like I mean, good confident pool swimmers who jump into a lake and absolutely freak out, and they freak out because they can't see. You know, when you're swimming in a pool, you see the the black lines yeah. and you see the nice tiled floor. Immediately when you're looking down you see a load of weeds, potentially some fish and all the rest of it. And people get really freaked out by that. And they, and it's, and I think what freaks them out more is the fact they've got freaked out because they didn't assume or didn't realize what they'd be looking at when they looked in, in the, um, in the water. The other side of it as well is the water temperature. And so your whole breathing has to change and you don't get that in pool because generally a pool's between 27 to 29 degrees, which is, feels cold but when you're getting in a lake that's 15 degrees believe me even with a wetsuit on you know it takes your breath away you get a cold head so yeah. there's lots of other things to consider and, think. No, and no, I that's think- such a great topic though because mm. and I, we, we, i've done a podcast on this actually um but open water swimming so my local ironman race let's put it that way is ironman whales right it's, yeah and it's a sea swim yeah and so many people swim in a pool train for nine months 12 months however long they train to then yeah. come to the sea swim and either haven't um tested their wetsuit out in open yeah. water or i've had very little exposure to it and it's a totally yeah. totally different ball game and um, you know a, a, a lake swim is a step up from a pool swim yeah but something like a river swim or a sea swim is a step up again because yeah. you're, you're fighting currents, you 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 know tides and uh, and waves. My first um, Ironman Wales was 2014. It's notorious for the sea oh, yeah. being really bad. So literally, <laughs> yeah. I, I was swimming out. I would hit the, I would come over the top of the wave, and as my stroke came over, there was no water there because the yeah. waves were so high. We got back to transition. There was people being sick left, right, and centre. It, it felt like a little bit like a war zone. Yeah. Like a, yeah, like yeah. a hospital tent. And yeah. there was people dropping out. And you know, I was trying to encourage yeah. this guy next to me saying, you know, you've you've you, nothing could be as difficult as what no. we've just gone through. And you've done it. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's me done. Um, I've also got a, a mate who I was training with Ironman to Wales 2016 for. Yeah. And again, very confident pool swimmer, no problem at all. I took him down to um, a 50 meter pool in Cardiff so he could test his wetsuit out, cold water um, pool mm. as well. And he just freaked out. Couldn't get used to um, the yeah. wetsuit being around him. 
really mm. tight fitted on him. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, he tried it on the shop, he tried it on in, in, in the house, no problem at all. Put him into a scenario where he then needs to swim 50 meters, which he'd never done pr- previously. Yeah. So all of a sudden, he hasn't got this wall to sort of have a rest on and, and bounce back off. Um, and at, after the session, he was almost um, quitting. Um, yeah. And, you know, until we sort of talked him down and, and just said, look, this takes time. You know, you can't just expect everything to be amazing the first time. And, you know, the next session, we got him back in the pool in the wetsuit and he was like a fish. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Thankfully. <clears throat> Yeah, so I think there's quite a few things we can pick out of what you just said, funnily enough. And I think that, you know, the one thing is for people listening is not for this to put them off, right? And all of the things that you just talked about there are all valid, but a lot of people might not even go through that. It's just to be aware of, right? So, So it's a case of just accepting that it's almost like a little bit of an unknown, right? So... Yes, you might be a swimmer. You might not be an open water swimmer. And like you say, Ironman Wales is notorious for having huge choppy waves. And so a sea swims even more. So it's if, if, you're consi- if you're listening to this and you're considering, yeah, I fancy doing a triathlon. You know, us men like to go big, right? It's ego. It's all the rest. Of, yeah, I can do an Ironman. I'm fit. No, just step it back. Like you say, do either do a super sprint or do a sprint as your first triathlon. You know, do it in in a nice lake, open water lake, before you go to a sea swim. And it's just about understanding that, you know, the achievement of your ultimate goal, whether that's an Ironman or whatever, you know, it's not necessarily linear. And so you might have to go through a process of a couple of years. And I've been um, ridiculed on forums when uh, I've said this, particularly Ironman forums, of people going in there and saying, "Ah, oh, you only need to train six hours a week." I I did a nine hour triathlon. And Ironman, I was like, yeah, but where have you started from? Yeah. You know, you might already be a runner, a swimmer and a cyclist, you know, so it's, it's about understanding you as an individual where you're starting from, understanding your capabilities in the three disciplines and then just choosing your event accordingly. Um, and like you say, you know, don't book an Ironman and then just go and have to train hell for leather for one. I definitely would take it one step at a time because like you said before as well andrew people might not like it they might like an individual so here's the thing i couldn't stand the thought of running a marathon but i can do a marathon at the end of an ironman yeah i don't know why i don't know why that is um but i just couldn't think i I don't know what it is and whether it's i for me triathlon works because it's the variety I like the variety of swim, bike, run, but I couldn't just go out for weeks and weeks and weeks to train for a, for a, uh, a marathon. I'd get bored. But for years, my marathon PB was my Ironman marathon because I, I'd never done a marathon outside of it. Yeah. Um, and and exactly for that mindset that I, I, I'll happily run 26.2 miles at the end of an Ironman through all the amazing crowds and things like that. But yeah, um, yeah. For years, I, I just couldn't get past only just running, and it's fine. I I do it now, but yeah, um, yeah it it totally. Did. Going back to the swimming element as well, we have quite a lot of people come and ask us about the swim element, mm. um, and I think it's the one discipline that, that scares people the most. Yeah, um, don't get me wrong, everyone is different, but it's probably the most that we get questions about. Do I have to swim in the sea? Do I have to wear a wetsuit? 
Um, do I have to do Iron Man? You know, that, that's mm. um, and, the, and the answer is no. And we've touched mm. upon it already. There are there are so many races out there. Okay, you may have to travel a little bit further in distance. There's plenty of pool swims. There's yeah, there is. Of lake swims where you won't get a tide. Um, I remember doing the Cotswolds One One Three, which is a half okay. Ironman years yeah. ago, and and um, the, the lake at one point got so um, low in in volume that yeah. there was one element that people had to walk it and wade <laughs> through the water. It was, yeah. it was it was unbelievable. I was swimming along, my hands were like dragging along the bottom, yeah. and then all of a sudden, this guy sort of walks past me in the water. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's just to say that the, the 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 joy of triathlon is the variety and the choice that you have. These days, there are so many different races. And there the are. other thing that we say to people, or that I say to people, is if you don't like the swim element, try try a duathlon, a run mm. bike run. If you are not a fan of the cycling element, do mm. an aquathon. Yeah. I, I know a cracking aquathon in Monmouthshire, um, yeah. which is a, um, a river swim. And the nice thing about it, you come down, well, you go up the river and then you come back down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, brilliant. You know, there's so yeah. much variety out there. there. There is. And I think, like you said, that's becoming more popular now. These, um, uh, the Othello, like the swim run swim races where you're swimming between like little islands um, yeah. over distance has become very popular. So yeah, the, the, there is, like you say, if there's a particular discipline that you don't like, there are lots of other um, events that you can do out there. And I think that, you know, to, to come back to the swim, what I believe, you know, the swim is the hardest, but actually the swim is the one, the one discipline where, you know, it's not the it's not the discipline where you can make up a lot of time. You know, you can be a good swimmer, you can be an okay swimmer, and your swim times won't necessarily be hugely different over you know a seven fifty or a one point five k swim. Uh, where you really make time up if if time is a focus for you is on the bike. You'll make the time up on the bike all day long, um, whether that's sprint or whether that's Ironman. So that that's yeah. So I think we're kind of dying around a little bit here, but I think, you know, mindset is, is key, you know, finding the disciplines at work, um, you know, and just when you first, if it's your first event, just your aim, I believe your aim just needs to be just to finish. doesn't and matter what time it is in just finish the event, but also enjoy it as well. And this is another thing I want to touch on because, because I, you know, coming back to the gym scenario, so many people, want to get fit and healthy but they go to the gym and they absolutely hate it you know don't go you know there's so many things that you can do that don't need to go to a gym that you don't need a membership you know that you can find that you can enjoy i mean i've i've recently um got into a lot of um functional fitness functional movement calisthenics and things like that because the other thing that i think is important is that as you age your mobility is more limited because of the way that you've grown up, either sitting at a desk or anything else like that. Your flexibility is far reduced to how it used to be. So doing things like that can really, really help your performance in triathlon because it means you can run more efficiently. You can swim more efficiently. You can be on, on the bike in, in the right position for longer. Um, so you're more aero. 
So, so there's just so many things that you can do now, I think, um, to, to kind of aid that. And, and, you know, I'm going on a bit of a little bit of a rant here, but, you know, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's not just about smashing out the distances because they're junk miles. You know, you need to be really smart about your training and, and the functional fitness and the strength work is as key as doing a swim, bike, run. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm almost hitting 40 myself and I'm finding that definitely range of movement is probably different to when I first got into the sport. Sitting at a desk all day does not help me at no. all. And that, um, you know, even even with a standing desk that I now use in, in work, it is it, not great. And I, all of a sudden now, my training is tweaking in the sense of, rather than spending X amount of hours on the bike, maybe one less hour. Yeah. I'm throwing in some sort of body movement function, um, improvement, yoga, Pilates, whatever you decide yeah, to yeah. do as, as, as you were, uh, what, you know, watch a bloody Joe Wicks video on mm. YouTube. If you have to, you know, I, I don't really, yeah. whatever works for you. And that's the important element is finding something what works for you. Um, interestingly, I, I've got neighbours who uh, a couple of years ago I helped through with um, Couch to 5K. Right. And it's funny that they hated every minute of it. And at the end, I said, look, we tried it, didn't enjoy it, find something else that you like. Because they yeah. kept saying to me, oh, you know, I, I want to start running again, but I don't really enjoy it. I was like, don't do it then. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Th they love walking. And if that's what they want to do, brilliant. Go for long walks every evening. Yeah, and and just in, enjoy it. Find something you enjoy. Yeah, and it, it is it is about that movement. And and this is a funny thing, right? Walking is highly highly underestimated. If we're thinking about fat loss, weight loss, body composition, it's very very valuable. If you're doing fifteen thousand steps a day, which is a lot, but it's doable, your body as you're walking will be accessing its fat as fuel, right? So it'll be using that fuel source in the body. So if you want to burn fat, go on a massively long walk. It's low impact. It's nice, particularly this time of year. Yeah, it's accessible, you know, and you can walk and talk as you're going along. You can have, I, I often go out on calls um, walking because yeah. I get my steps in and I have calls. I'm out outside, you're getting fresh air. So yeah, I think, I think that's really, really key. For, for people to, to kind of recognize and it does have an impact you know it does really really help from movement and 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 weight one other question i want to ask and i'm not going to ask you yet but i'm just going to touch on one thing that you said earlier and that's the finish line from mm. when you finished your first triathlon i had exactly the same moment the first time i finished an ironman yeah and i i, I don't and it's not just within triathlon i find this within running races as well that red carpet Let's call mm. it that, that finish line. And there could be three people there or there could be 300 people there. Yeah. I get such a rush from that. Yeah, yeah. So that moment where you run up, you cross the line, you think, yes, I bloody did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, and it's an amazing feeling. Um, and, oh, yeah, again, people often say to me, oh, I couldn't do an Ironman. That's fine. But try one of the shorter distances then. Mm. Um, and I, I generally think that you'll have the same rush. Because yeah. that emotion of I have trained bloody hard to get mm. to this point, and I always say that the the event itself 
is the crowning point, right? It, it is, it's, yeah. It's the icing on the cake because the hard work has been done before. Yeah. You should, you should be at a point, hopefully, if your training's gone well, that you are fit enough to be able to complete that event. Yeah. So you get to it, and it, it, it's just that build-up of emotion that you have worked so hard to get where you are to complete something and accomplish it. And you know, yeah. hats off to anyone who does anything from one mile race to 5k yeah. to 10k it doesn't matter exactly it's, it's that i've set the goal i've prepared i've planned i've done the preparation i've done the training and now i've completed it yeah and i and i think all too often you know this is a, a human trait that we this this trait of comparison well my mate's done that so i need to do that no the challenge is between you and whatever event it is you're doing and the other thing about it, which is a kind of an aside, which people may be not thinking about, and that is, you know, particularly with our children, right? We want our children, you know, we like to kind of educate our children and show them things. And we want them to grow up in a certain way, right? There is no better way than showing your children what to do than to do it yourself. So my boys... Come have come along to to a few events that I've done, and I've in I'm in no way uh, I I'm, I believe that I should just show them these things and then they can make their own choices. But both of them have done scootathlons, they've done mini triathlons, not because I've pushed them, but because they've seen Dad doing it, and then they want to give it a go. And so I believe there's no better way than to show your you know to to get your children involved than to show them how to do it, you know. And then they'll naturally want to get involved. Whether they continue with it or not is irrelevant, right? But you've shown them another opportunity that they could pursue if they wanted to. And I think that's the, the benefits of it. And, you know, the event day as well, your families go through all of this training with you, good, bad, ups, downs, all the rest of it. So the day that you have the event, to have your family there at the finish line, there's no better feeling than that, them clapping you across as you come across the finish line them seeing the achievement you've made, the sense of achievement. There's so many plus points to it. It's just, um, yeah, I think that's that's why I love it. And all of these events I go to, you'll always see a handful of people complete it. And then nine times out of, well, not nine times out of 10, but a large time you see the mum or the dad who's just completed it and their child is wearing the medal. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I love that. It, yeah. Again, you know, there are times where triathlon could be such a lonely sport if, it you're is, training, yeah. if you're training on your own. But for a large proportion as well, it can be such a family atmosphere, not mm. just you a family, but the, the community around it as well. And, and you know, fortunately, there's always someone who is willing to give their time and advice within the sport. Mm. Unfortunately, that's not always the best. Um, advice as well to give and, yeah. and then it comes back to what we were saying i prefer to give people information but say to them this is your choice and your decision on what you do with it because some of it will be my experiences and some of yeah. it will be slightly biased but at least you can make an informed decision if you have some of the information in front of you yeah i agree but also what i would like to say is don't overanalyze it you know we love overanalyzing stuff men particularly and I would just say, just set you that, set yourself that first target. You know, coming back to what we said before we start recording about all the gear or the nutrition and all the rest, you can get down a rabbit hole in all number of those different things. Your main objective is enjoy it and finish it. 
you can do it. Now, I've seen people do, you know, particularly Blenheim because it's short course. I've seen people do it on all number of different bikes, but instantly us men use it as an excuse to get sign off from the wife that we won't go and buy a two, three grand bike. You don't actually have to do that. And funnily enough, you can actually go and buy some very, very good secondhand bikes. And well, uh, we say this on the, on the channel all the time, right? Because we get the question, isn't triathlon expensive? It can be expensive, but that's up to you. Yeah. So you can use what you exist, what you already have. So if you're on an existing bike, it could be a mountain bike. It could be a hybrid. Yeah. It, it, I, I don't know. It could be a penny farthing for all I know. Yeah. yeah. But in theory, you can use it, especially yeah. for the shorter distances. Maybe longer distance, you may want to consider something else. There's also the option then of either hiring or buying secondhand. So you, yeah. can, you can hire a wetsuit. No yeah. problem at all. You know, 50, 60 quid for, this, for, for a season or an event, sorry. Um, and yeah, buy secondhand. My first road bike was a secondhand bike from eBay. It cost me 400 yeah. quid. So it's 400, you know, it's not a, you know, still a, a, lot, a lot of money sort of thing. But that's not to say it didn't do me a job. It got yeah. me around a half Ironman and an Ironman. And, I, and to this day, I still have that bike and I love it. Yeah. It's just what I learned on, and it, I just got comfortable with it. And uh, it's my winter bike now, so I really look forward to winter rides. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, like we said about not liking it earlier, imagine, imagine the huge pressure if you then actually do this and you actually hate it and you've gone and spent two, three grand on a bike, 500 quid on a wetsuit, you know, and all the rest of it, tri-suits, the rest of it that, that comes with it. You know, just start off small. And if you absolutely love it, just keep upgrading, yeah. you know? And, and, and that's why Facebook Marketplace, at the end of a season, yeah, with, yeah. Um, with yeah. bargains to be had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I love Facebook Marketplace. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very good. I agree. I agree. So the, the final thing I wanted to ask you, because you've mentioned it a couple of times, is around nutrition. And we mm. have touched on, you know, some barriers into the sport yeah. and what people need to consider. But the one thing I think people fall down on is nutrition. Yes. Not necessarily race nutrition. I'm not talking about that now. I'm talking about their day-to-day -day life nutrition. Yeah. 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 This is a huge uh, topic for me personally. And one which out, outside of triathlon as well, we, we get hugely, hugely wrong. And there's this, you know, if we're talking in the context of training for a triathlon, you know, there's this misnomer that we need to stuff ourselves full of food in terms of volume and food in terms of carbohydrate. And we don't quite simply, you know, the, the Western diet has evolved in such that it is predominantly carbohydrate based but we haven't evolved with the diet. And what I mean by that is we are not moving as much as we would need to in order to, for the body to be able to deal with the amount of carbohydrates we're giving it. Um, and so portion sizes is another one. I remember being at a training camp a couple of years ago in Spain, and there was a lo load of other English clubs there. And there was this one particular guy and he sticks in my mind. He was a big guy. He's probably like me in terms of height, about six foot three, but he must've been double my weight. And every single night at the end of this training camp, his plates would be piled. And you and, and the, the common thing is, like, well, I'm a big guy, so I need a lot of food. No, you don't. You absolutely don't. 
you know, you don't need massive portion sizes. Your body can't deal with it all. That's the problem. If you understand metabolism and the way the body deals with the food and the digestive system, the way it deals with it, the body can't deal with massive um, loads of food that we give it, carbohydrate based and all the rest of it. Now, I could go off on a tangent around blood sugar, type 2 diabetes, but I won't. But I think in its very basic form, um, you don't need to eat huge amounts. You need to be very clever with your diet and you need to have the three main macronutrients, which is protein, carbohydrates, and fats. I, over the last two years, have become more fat adapted. And what that means is for people that don't necessarily understand that is the body has two primary fuel systems, which is glycogen, which comes from carbohydrates, which is stored in the muscles, and then fats, which is stored in our fat cells. Now, I've become more fat adapted. What that means is I'm able to train in a, in a, when my body's accessing fat as fuel and not just carbohydrates. What that means is I don't need to ingest so many carbohydrates. And, and here's the thing. From glycogen in the muscles, the body stores the equivalent of 2,000 calories, okay, which over a long course, it will get depleted and you will have to replace. With fats, though, we have an unlimited fuel source. So we have the equivalent of over 40,000 calories in fat as, body, uh, as, as fuel in the body. So being very clever with your diet is very, very important and not overeating, eating timely as well so eating when you've trained not being too um rigid with your food at a very basic level just don't eat processed foods eat you know create your food from raw ingredients which is very very basic very very simple and actually cheaper um so yeah i mean this is a whole podcast on its own if i'm honest and then you know if we if we talk about race nutrition as well I'm going to put this out there. I am a, I am hugely against gels in a big way because they are very, very detrimental to our gut um, and the manufactured sugars that hit our gut. Now, people might be listening to this and thinking, well, we need gels. You know, we need, well, if your body's got the right nutrition pre-race, you don't need as many gels as you think you do. And you, if you, you know, if you have become more fat adapted, you won't need as many of the sugars that convert into carbohydrates anyway. So yeah, I think there are a lot of people in the sport of triathlon who are type two diabetic as well. And that is born out of diet. Um, so yeah, I think you have to be very clever with your, uh, with your nutrition, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Apologies. Um, yeah, one thing we promote on the um, channel is sort of eating from from scratch. Yeah, we, just less processed. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a nutritionist, and, and I don't claim to be any sort of expert in it. But just you know, try and eat less processed, and, and that's you know what we try and say. And, and gels are included yeah. in that. If you're the type of person that you know, we, we generally believe if you were the type of person that you want to use gels. Okay, that, that's up to you. But there's all I'm saying is there's plenty of people out there who will um, cycle yeah. with bananas. I've seen bananas um, duct tape um, around a drop handles of, of, a, yeah. of a bike. It's, it's the most ingenious place yeah. I've ever seen bananas. Um, I, I had a mate who did Ironman years ago on yeah. jam sandwiches. 
and it's just to show that you know there's, there's yeah. options and you don't just because the person next to you is using gels no exactly and i've seen way too many of this i've recently joined a cycling club and you know we go out for a two and a half hour ride on a saturday i'll just i'll just have electrolytes that's all i will have i won't have any gel but you'll see guys every time we stop they'll smash a gel and it's just so detrimental to your gut um and having leaky gut and gut health is just really we we don't need it you know the muscles have enough glycogen for us to withstand an hour and a half of high intensity um, work before we're depleted. And you'll know when you're depleted because you'll hit the wall and you won't be able to go any further. Uh, and people often say that to us as well. You know, what do I need to take on a, um, nutrition wise on a certain length of race? And we say, well, really, realistically, you don't need to take anything for up to mm. about 90 minutes. You can probably get around a race on that. Beyond that, you might need to consider what your race yeah. plan is but again don't no. complicate it and and the other thing is um is test it test it in training see how you feel uh, i remember in my early days uh, when i was back in the gel camp i'd go out for an hour ride and i'd smash two gels i come back and i was in bits because it spiked my blood sugar so much that the body couldn't produce enough insulin to deal with it and i was literally wiped out so yeah, it, it can be yeah, it can be um, dodgy if you get it wrong. Well, let, let me tell you a story about my first Iron Man. That um, I will use a, a gel. I, yeah. you know, I, um, I will admit that. Um, but back those, in those days, I was like, right, what can I do that works? For mm. me? So I ended up putting twelve gels into a bottle. Right. You know, opened them, yeah. put them in, topped it up with a little bit of water, and that that's what got me round. But Jesus Christ, I was buzzing afterwards. <laughs> you know, I finished the race. And my, my wife, Rach, said, um, finish the race. And I'd done it in some like 14 hours. Yeah. Um, and she said, oh, are we just going to go back now? It was getting late. It was, it was, you know, close to 10 o'clock at night. Uh, well, midnight, yeah, time of finishing, went through transition. And I went, no, I want to I go back out and I want to see the finish at 12 o'clock. Yeah. And I was buzzing. Yeah. So I just like, couldn't, couldn't <laughs> stop. And don't get me wrong, adrenaline was high. Yeah, of course. Of, of course. Well. Yeah. But that those you know that the sugar in me must have had some sort of impact as well. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, the, the sugar's profound, isn't it? So, so what? So, was your first Ironman then Ironman Wales? Yeah. Wow. That I mean, that is no mean feat. If if anybody wants to see Ironman Wales, just just go onto YouTube and have a look at the Ironman Wales swim because it is uh, renowned for being challenging. It's um the, the thing is be, being from Cardiff and being in South yeah. Wales, it. Not that it's drummed into you, but you have a lot of exposure to it, mm. right? And so, this this is the camp that I come from, and I can put money on. I'd say at least seventy five percent of the people that do Ironman Wales are exactly the same as me. I come from a football or rugby background. Yeah, I played it until my thirties. My knees or some part of my body said no more. Yeah, I then looked for something else. I, I went down and saw the first Ironman Wales in 2011, got hooked. Um, and then three three years later, after mulling it over, I finally decided to do it as a challenge. And I put yeah. money on it. A lot of people are in a similar sort of mindset. But within South Wales, Ironman Wales is is, is a huge thing. Mm. You know, there's loads of events on as well. There's um, an event called the Long Course, which takes in some of the Ironman Wales right. route. Um, but does it over three days. And 
I, yeah, it's sort of ingrained into you then. Mm. Uh, this is this is what you should strive towards if you get into triathlon. Um, and I think at times detrimental for some people in the sense mm. of it puts too much pressure on them because yeah. you say within our local area, oh, I'm going to do a triathlon. Inevitably, someone will ask you along the way, oh, are you going to do Ironman Wales? And yeah. you're like, whoa, I was only going to do a sprint, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. Calm down. But um, yeah. But I, what I would suggest is if you are thinking about doing a triathlon or something like that, you know, just spikes your attention, go and watch one. Yeah. And and it's brilliant. And what I would say is don't go and watch Ironman Wales then because it's, <laughs> you'll get hooked. Because if, I, I, have you ever gone down to Tenby to watch Ironman Wales? I haven't, no. All right. I haven't. So it, the day starts, obviously, 7 o'clock in the morning with the swim. And what you have is 2,000 spectators on North Beach within Tenby. And Tenby is the harbour town, which um, yeah. is, is done in. And... And the beach is lower than the town, and the town has is up on. I, I, let's call it a, a cliffside, but it's not. Yeah. But it, it's at least 150 foot up. Yeah. Um, and, and what you have then is, as well as the 2,000 people on the beach, you probably have 5,000 plus people watching it above. Yeah. They um they play ACDC at the beginning. They play the Welsh oh, national anthem, and then they set off. And for more or less an hour and a half to two hours, it's buzzing there. Everyone yeah. comes out of the, of the water by the, with that point, and they're out on the bike. So Tenby as a town sort of settles down, and everyone goes, <sighs> Yeah. They then go for their bacon sandwiches while they wait for the bikes to come back for the first loop. Yeah. Um, inevitably then, by the time that's happened, the pubs are open, so they start <laughs> having their first pint. The second loops come back round. Um, you may venture over to a couple of the points to watch the bike, but ultimately, what happens is spectators get progressively more and more drunk as the day goes on. So they're, they're either drinking more, they're eating more. Um, but what I'm trying to get to is it's, a, it's an amazing event, but that's just one event. And there's plenty out there where, which are an amazing atmosphere to go to. Yeah. But the danger is that you'll get hooked and you'll want to do yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, uh, yeah. And I think that's the thing, right? Um, it, 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 the adrenaline, the camaraderie, the friendliness of it, particularly for, you know, not just the crowd, but in transition, you know, people are so friendly. People are so willing to kind of help you out and give you support and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's the other side to it as well. It is a hugely community type sport. Um, and I, I know I'd never not really been into sport until I, um, did triathlon and I was really quite taken aback by people saying, Oh, you know, good luck or what are you hoping to achieve today and stuff like that. You know, if you get goggles break, I've had guys give me a pair of goggles on the start line when I've had my goggles break, you know, um, it is very, very, um, yeah, it's supportive sport. Definitely. And I found one of the best things that they've done in the last five to seven years or whatever, um, they now put your name on your race number. Yeah. So you, you can literally run through the town and I'll take Tembi for example. You run through the the race and in Tembi you run through the town itself and it's a really enclosed um town which yeah. ha- ha- is um an old walled sort of castle or something whatever. Mm. Um but literally people are on you what you yeah. spectating and they're like come on Andrew go on yeah. you're doing well and it does give you a bit of a lift. It, oh, it's ma- it's massive. I mean, I I had that back in 2019. I did Ironman Vichy in France, and it, that day it was 38 degrees. 
So I was doing the run and I was, I came off the bike depleted. And so my marathon was shocking. Um, I, I, I finished it, but there was a group of, of British guys there. They obviously had people in the race, but they, they kind of pitched themselves under this bridge along, along the river in France. And uh, every single time somebody came through, they cheered them. But the minute somebody came through with a British flag on their, on their NATO, they went ballistic. <laughs> now, now, I finished the race at about six o'clock at night and I went to a restaurant that was just up from the course. And at nine o'clock at night, these guys were still there. They were still there, still cheering everybody on. And it was, yeah, it's just amazing from that standpoint, really. And I love it. And I encourage anyone just to go and watch a race in the first yeah. instance and, and just see if that's something that you want to do. Yeah. Awesome. Look, Dad, let's, let's call it a day there. It's, um, it's been lovely chatting to you. Um, and hopefully you, you never know, maybe we'll do a couple more in the future if we find yeah. a topic to discuss, but um, yeah, thank you very much for the, for coming on. No worries. Thanks for listening to the fitter, healthier dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.